0: Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today is Nick Jordan. Nick is the founder of Narrative, a platform that helps businesses in a variety of industries reach their goals using transformative data technology. In other words, he guides them through the systematic data monetization, acquisition, and sharing. Whether they work in retail, finance, hospitality, healthcare, automotive, or agriculture. Additionally, he has spent most of his career in product management at roles at global technology driven companies like Adobe and Yahoo. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Nick Jordan. Thanks for having me. Well, first off, Nick, why do you do what you do? Uh, why do I do what
1: I do? I, I, I do it to, to make the world a more efficient, a uh, more productive, uh, and, and hopefully a more pleasant place to, to live in.
0: And let's talk a little bit about that. You uh, well before we started recording, you mentioned that what one of the things that your company specializes in is helping other companies monetize their own data. Talk a little bit about that. That seems fascinating.
1: Yeah. So I mean, if you if you look at where technology is going across really every industry, it's it's all becoming much more data driven. Whether it's you know data in the form of analytics and dashboarding or data in the form of machine learning and, and increasingly artificial intelligence. And, and sort of inherent in that evolving technology landscape is the need for data. And, and when there's a need for something, often oftentimes markets pop up. And, and so we're starting to see a lot more around data markets and historically data has been very hard to, to monetize and to sell. And to the extent that I, you know, my goal is to make people's lives easier and to, you know, through automation and efficiency, we've built a platform that, that hopefully delivers on that for the monetization of data.
0: Well, one of the things I can see my, that might be a concern is if I'm a, a business owner and I have the, all of this data, would my customers be concerned with how I monetize data? Because it's really the data about them. So, yeah, it's it's not always the data about them. I
1: think that's okay. a common misconception that data means consumer data or customer data. We work with companies that have weather data. We work with companies that have data about carbon credits. We have uh, data about you know, uh, autonomous uh, vehicles in, in the ocean. And so certainly if, if consumer data is the data that's being sold and monetized, I, I think you know, certainly companies should be transparent with their customers and make sure that they're doing the right thing there. But data does not have to mean data about a person. It could be data about you know really anything in, in the world around us.
0: And is this explosion in data really as a result of a lot of the internet of things, the the sensors that are available? Like I think there's what, 17 sensors in my iPhone, something crazy like that.
1: Yeah. IoT is definitely a big part of it. I mean, we're just, we're literally measuring everything everywhere all the time. Um, sometimes for the express purpose of whatever that device is trying to do, right. You know, if it's measuring, you know, if it's rained or not, it may be turning on your sprinkler system, you know, because it hasn't rained in a certain amount of time. But I think, you know, those devices are creating what is often referred to as exhaust data, so data that you know, can be used for purposes that's not specific to the device, and that's where we see a lot of those data monetization opportunities popping up.
0: Yeah. And just imagine things like I have a, a Roomba, for example, and it goes around my house and it's got a it's got a map of my house. I mean, I, I, I suppose that that might be worth it to somebody to, to say, OK, well, what's the square footage of these house and might make recommendations on furniture for me, let's say. For sure.
1: And, and, you know, there's a bunch of mundane things like there are companies that scour city records and look at the last time the sewer pipes in front of your house were, were, uh, were updated. And so if you're an insurance company, and you're trying to figure out the likelihood that someone's going to have a, you know, a sewer pipe break in their front yard, and you're going to have to pay out on that, you actually want that data to, to better understand the risk of, of a bad event happening. And so, again, I, I think data is pervasive in all of our lives in ways that we probably don't even realize.
0: I've heard it said that the, the data in one sense is the new oil. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been said a lot, and I think initially it was meant is
1: primarily a good thing. I think people are now thinking of data kind of the same way they think about oil, where there may be some negative uh, outcomes of data as well. And so I, I think the, the analogy still fits, you know, fits really well, but now people are using it more you know, like, like oil is you know, the, the cause of, of global warming. Um, But I think, you know, much like oil, it has a bunch of utility, right? You can create plastics, you can create jet fuel, you can, you know, make your car go down the street and and those things are all great and you can potentially do bad things with oil and, you know, you can't use it, you know, for for everything in perpetuity, one, because it's a limited resource and, and two, because it can do harmful things. Data is less of a limited resource. and In fact, data is you know, the one asset that you can make sort of an infinite number of copies of, uh, unlike a fossil fuel. But certainly there can be some negative side effects that I think the, the world is starting to spend a little bit more time thinking about.
0: So are you finding that even smaller and smaller companies are, are, can be involved in the monetization of their own data? One hundred percent. You know, we're we're starting to see
1: companies of all sizes, from you know, single proprietor all the way up to Fortune five hundred companies, thinking about monetizing their data. Um, oftentimes, the smaller companies, their data alone isn't sufficient, and so you know they they want to be involved in a market where their data could potentially be combined with others' data to create a full picture. Um, but I think you know if you look at the Googles and the Facebooks and the Amazons of the world, you know one of the reasons they're so successful is because they have all of this data and they're able to leverage it. And In fact, you can, you can see that insofar that they're actually open sourcing a lot of their machine learning and artificial intelligence algorithms that sit on top of the data, not because they're benevolent, but because they know that those algorithms really only work when you have data at the scale of a Google or an Amazon or, or a Facebook. And that's where I think, you know, as smaller companies create almost data co-ops or sort of, you know, collaborate around data, they can get to the scale that those big companies can, but do it through, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of companies basically pooling their data together.
0: I don't know where I recall reading this, but I, I think I heard that, that that one of the things Amazon did when they took back over a lot of their own shipping was specifically because they wanted control of that uh, and understanding of that shipping data as opposed to outsourcing it to UPS.
1: <laughs> for, for sure, for sure, and you know they you know they want to vertically integrate to to some extent as well. You know, the, the one other thing I'll, I'll say about data, which you know sets it apart a little bit from physical goods and traditional retail, is data tends to come with really high margins, right? You know, once once the data is generated, the storing of that data, you know, at you know, like the scales that we we're talking about today is pretty cheap. Um, and so oftentimes you see companies that you know they may be a billion dollar plus revenue company, and you may say, hey, if they build a data business, it might be worth $50 million. You know is that is that really interesting if you're already doing a billion dollars in revenue? But if you're a low margin business that's doing a billion dollars at revenue at a five percent or a ten percent gross margin, you know fifty million dollars of additional revenue at a you know ninety percent gross margin is still you know pretty pretty compelling. Um, and so I think that's another reason we're seeing more and more companies go into it is it's not just sort of a, a new revenue stream. it's a very high margin uh, revenue stream. right. Data doesn't weigh much. <laughs> it, it, it does not. It, it, it does not. Although, although the, the major cloud providers will charge you a ton to move it out of their cloud, uh, that's, that's sort of the toll road that, that exists there um, because they know once the data is portable, so you have no reason to necessarily stay with, that, stay with that cloud. And so data is really what makes the, the world go around. And so the, the folks that can build toll, toll booths around it certainly do so they can keep the data
0: within their ecosystem. And Nick, we have an exit question that we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours, and why are they a hero?
1: So I'm going to caveat this and say I
0: don't know that they're a hero,
1: but there's someone I respect. And in the lead up, you said, well, that's actually the definition of hero. And generally, I don't think of terms of who's my heroes are. And it's not that I don't respect and look up to people, but I kind of kind of drive my own course. But you know, to the extent that. What Amazon did for physical goods is what we're trying to do for digital goods, specifically data. You know, I have to, I have to say Jeff Bezos is someone that I that I certainly um, look up to. Um, I know that that statement comes with a little bit of uh, controversy these days because of you know Amazon's union stance and sort of the the behemoth that they've become. But there was a time where he was a guy that said, "Hey, we're going to sell books on the internet." Uh, and turned it into Amazon, which, you know, I think if you just, if you go 20 years back in time and look at where they were and what they said that they were going to do, it all sounded crazy. And, and you have to give them credit that he really you know, brought it well beyond that initial vision.
0: And lastly, Nick, how can somebody contact you?
1: So on Twitter, I'm Nick underscore Jordan uh, on LinkedIn. I'm sure you can search for me and, and find me the companies at narrative.io
0: um and then you know from there i'm sure you can find all of the other all the other channels to get a hold of me all right founder of narrative nick jordan thanks so much for being a guest on the sage thought leadership podcast thanks for having me review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for sage thought leadership podcast